We hitting hyperspeed across the finish line. Lights on the ship with like it's Christmas time. Uh, real recognized, real homie. And you've been looking unidentified. The government lied, the government lied. Why is it classified if there's nothing to hide? That's why we're looking for answers up in the sky. It's the theory. Alright guys, welcome to a special episode of The Theory. Today we are doing something a bit different. We're going to start pushing these unfiltered, off-the-dome, audio-only podcasts here on Anchor FM, Spotify. Uh, You might catch a few of them on YouTube, but uh, we're going to do these audio ones. They're a lot easier to do. There's less editing involved, and it's it's all off the top, more opinionated stuff on uh, current events, UFO current events. Uh, certain things in the news that have to do with the fringe and all that kind of cool stuff. So we're going to be doing a lot of these. I'm going to try to get one out a week. Um, I want to put more content out for you guys. And sometimes with the YouTube videos, it can take up to three to four days to get everything edited, you know, get all my information straight and research. So I'm going to start doing these for you guys just to kind of get in touch with everybody and, and have some fun with it. I've got a bunch of friends that are willing to come on. Of course, we'll take serious guests as well. But, uh, but it should be pretty cool. But as always, today's episode is brought to you by CreepyTikiT.com, the Graveyard Goons YouTube channel. And I'll tell you a little bit about those guys. Creepy Tiki is a company, a botanical company that has all kinds of healing herbs and medicines, uh, kratom, kava, holy basil, shilajit, uh, moringa, uh, the list goes on. I, I'd probably take about an hour to, to list every single product they have. Uh, personal made deodorants, uh, body butters, all kinds of amazing stuff. Uh, Delta 8, THC, CBD, um, all kinds of cool stuff. So definitely go check them out at creepydkt.com. And then we have the Graveyard Goons YouTube channel, which is personally my favorite funny prank call YouTube channel. They do live shows on Twitch, uh, YouTube, TikTok sometimes. And you can give them your numbers, give them your friends' numbers, your family's numbers, your ex-boss's numbers, your old landlord's numbers, anybody that's pissed you off. You can hit them up and they'll prank call them. And when I say it is not kid-friendly, it is not a kid-friendly show. It is very hilarious. So uh, make sure you guys go check them out on YouTube or Twitch. Um, They're always streaming once a week on both of those, so you can go check them out. But uh, today we're going to be talking about some pretty cool stuff. All right, guys, so the McMinnville UFO Festival it's hosted every year uh, around May uh, by the McMinnons Hotel in Oregon, uh, McMinnville, Oregon. And the story behind this festival is actually pretty cool. It's, it's actually the second biggest UFO festival in the United States, right behind the Roswell, New Mexico Festival. So it, it's a pretty big deal. They have a conference every year with a lot of cool speakers. Uh, this year's, I was not actually able to go into the conference due to COVID, vaccination cards, and all that good stuff, but uh, we'll save that conversation for a later date. But uh, but this year it was really cool. We went up there. It's my first time ever going. The story behind it is uh, back in the 50s, actually, uh, a couple pictures of what appeared to be a flying saucer that were taken about 10 miles south of McMinnville, Oregon. It's technically still McMinnville, but it's a smaller town right below it. Um, these pictures were taken on a farm and to this day are, are known to be some of the most authentic UFO pictures out there. And you can look these up, just look at the McMinnville UFO pictures, they're pretty famous. And that sparked uh, a huge interest in UFOs for the town. So basically, every year, McMinnons Oregon Hotel, they put on this giant festival. Uh, when you get to the town, it's a very, very small town. 
super nice people. It's uh it's like just the all around idea of a small town. It's it's got a little town square that's maybe five or six blocks total, and then you know the rest outside of it is all farmland, and I mean really farmland. So we get out there, we do a little bit of driving. We actually went up there the weekend before to check it out. I'm here in Springfield, Oregon, so I'm almost two hours away from it. So I wanted to go up there the weekend before to get a lay of the land, kind of see what was going on. So we drove up there. I drive around, talk to some people, went in the McMinnons Hotel, uh, talked to the hotel clerk about, you know, the festival, what they're doing, uh, where the speakers are going to be, which was hosted at the community center there, not actually at the hotel, but the community center. Um, and you know, just got some all around information about the place. And then I wanted to try to find the farm, which is the Trent family farm is actually where the UFO pictures were taken. Um, I wanted to see if I could find the farm and get some pictures of it. And of course it is impossible to find. I've done every Google search I possibly could to try to find this place. I even took it upon myself to drive through a bunch of the, about between 10 and 15 miles South of McMinnville, Oregon, to a bunch of stores and old restaurants um, and asked around a couple of people that I talked to that were in the stores and restaurants weren't actually from the area for a long time. They were, you know, recently had moved there and stuff. So they weren't able to give me too much information, but I found this old historic hotel. So I went in there, I rang the doorbell and this gentleman comes out from the side and he's like, Hey, can I help you? And I was like, Hey, do you work at this hotel here? And he's like, well, no, kind of, I live back here. And, uh, it was a weird situation. I don't know if they turned it into housing or apartments or something like that. But I went in there, uh, talked to him for a little bit, and he said he's he's from Eagle Creek, Oregon, which is uh, uh, probably about 45 minutes from McMinnville, Oregon. And he says I he said he hadn't even heard of the McMinnville UFO uh, pictures and stuff like that or the Trent Farm. But he goes on to tell me about a UFO he saw as a kid in Eagle Creek. So he was a believer, interestingly enough. He said he's been a timber worker most of his life. Um, he was going through some times or whatever, but he uh, he said he he was a timber worker most of his life, and he said he'd never forget the day him and his friend happened to spot a UFO while they were sitting in a car uh, in front of his mom's house. So he went on to tell me the story about the light that came out, it stopped above the car, kind of basic UFO activity, nothing too crazy, no abductions or anything like that, no little green men. Um, just basically a, a really strange encounter that he had had. So I thought it was really cool. I talked to him for about 30 minutes outside of his house and uh, got some cool information from him. I actually recorded the interview with him. Uh, you might see it on YouTube here soon. But I talked to him. It was a good time. Uh, he's a firm believer in Bigfoot as well as UFOs. He went on to tell me about some stuff that could possibly be Bigfoot activity out in the forest. And Oregon is a it's thick that when it comes to forest land, there's most of the state itself is, is forest land. It's not actual cities and towns. It is mostly forest. You will drive for hundreds of miles and see nothing but trees and mountains. So, um, so it was pretty cool talking to him. I'm going to get his interview on YouTube as well as, um, when we were at the festival, I conducted a bunch of interviews with people, uh, just on the street. I, a couple of the vendors that were actually there had experiences with UFOs and I'll talk to you guys about those in a little bit. But um, but it was really cool. I uh, did a lot of interviews on the scene, walked around talking to everybody. But we'll go ahead and start from the beginning. So the next weekend after we went up there to check out the land, we went up there. And we see the first thing we see when we get to the festival at about 10 a.m., the streets are already packed. There's well over, you know, probably 200 people there already. And I was like, whoa, I was scared because of, you know, COVID stuff and everything like that. 
that it just wasn't going to be very big. I, I was honestly worried there wasn't even going to be an outdoor part of it and that it was just going to be, you know, the, the conference part and then a couple of people staying at the hotel. But surprise to my knowledge, it was full. So it was pretty cool. So we go, we park the car a couple blocks down the road and you didn't even have to pay for parking. That's how small of a town this was. You didn't even have to pay for parking. Um, we get out of the car, we walk down there and immediately the first thing you notice is all the booths set up. Of course, there's giant alien blow up dolls. So Amelia's screaming, give me a blow up doll, give me a blow up doll. So we got her a cool little alien to walk around with. Uh, we bought some bracelets, some alien sunglasses, stuff like that. A pretty cool little family environment. And, uh, as we're walking through the booths, all of a sudden I hear somebody go, Mike, Mike Beavers. And I said, hold on a second. I'm in Oregon. Nobody knows me in Oregon. And uh, I'm wearing my shirt. I got a custom-made shirt that's got, you know, the theory with Mike Beavers, UFOs over UFO. I've got all that stuff. I got it made before I came up to the festival. And he's going, Mike, Mike Beavers. And I'm so confused. And Shannon taps my arm, and she points. And lo and behold, it's Tobe Johnson. Uh, Tobe Johnson is the host of Strange Brow Radio, author of the Owl Moon Lab, uh, a really great Bigfoot investigator, uh, Bigfoot hunter, Sasquatch watcher, whatever you want to call him. He's an expert. Uh, he also deals with UFOs and paranormal and that kind of deal as well. Um, and I'll give you a little bit of history of why I know Tobe Johnson and why he was saying my name. So before I had this podcast, before I had my show and all that kind of stuff, I witnessed a UFO. And it was a large triangle formation of lights that came across the sky and then just froze. And I'll never forget it to this day. It ended up just disappearing right in front of me. But I recorded it, posted it in some of the Lane County groups here in Oregon. And he was one of the people that got back to me and said, hey, man, can I come interview about this? And literally at about 11 o'clock at night, about an hour and a half or so after I witnessed this thing and recorded it, Tobe came right to my house, uh, voice recorder in hand, uh, questions on deck, ready to go. And he interviewed me all about my sighting, got a bunch of details. Um, he put it up on his podcast on Strange Brow Radio. You can find it on a bunch of platforms. Just search up Strange Brow Radio or Tobe Johnson or the Al Moon Lab. You can find it on Facebook, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. Um, but he interviewed me, and that is actually what set me off to want to start my own podcast and show about UFOs. Uh, I was so interested in the subject when I was younger. I always thought it was cool, but I never really looked upon it and, and really dug deep. But after he came and interviewed me, I said, man, that's the coolest job you could ever have in your life. I don't think I'd, I'd think that's the coolest job ever, whether you get paid for it or not. I don't really make a lot of money off this stuff, but I have a lot of fun doing it. It's really interesting. Um, so that's what kind of inspired me. But anyways, back to the McMinnville UFO Festival. Uh, I'm walking and, you know, Mike Beavers, Mike Beavers, and I turn and it's Tope Johnson. Tope Johnson's got a whole booth out here where he has hand-carved Bigfoot, Sasquatch, and Yeti uh, tree carvings, like petrified wood or whatever. Not petrified wood, but... uh but like driftwood almost in a sense, but these big giant Bigfoot face carvings and Yeti carvings, some of them were white. It was super cool, and I was like, whoa. And then he had these uh, like porcelain almost uh, gray aliens that he had made, and he made all this stuff by hand. He's got a store on Etsy where he sells some of it, but he had it all made by hand, had his own booth there, and it was really, really cool. So um, I see him, and I was like, no way, dude. I actually know somebody here, and so... I go over there, I hang out with him for about 20 minutes, talking to him about the festival and stuff like that. And he's like, dude, it's so cool to see you here. I was like, yeah, it's my first time ever coming. I honestly didn't even know much about it. And uh, he was telling me some stuff, and I was like, dude, this is so dope. I'm glad I saw you here. And so he was like, yeah, go check out some stuff and then come back and talk to me or whatever. So we go walking around. Uh, we went to this cool little pizza place. Uh, I think it was called Moonlight Pizza or something like that. 
and we go in there and uh it's they got like pictures of the mcmahon the mcmahonville ufo the original pictures that got them up on the wall these cool little alien posters and stuff and it's cool because it looks like the whole town even when it's not ufo festival time embraces ufos and aliens and i thought that was really cool so it wasn't like just a thing that they host for money it almost seems like the whole town is into ufos so after that we uh we eat some pizza and stuff like that, uh, walk around. I start talking to some of the crowd. Normally, there's this massive parade there, and that's what a lot of people look forward to uh, with floats and all that kind of stuff, like a real full-on, full-blown parade. So we go over there, and there's these four uh, ladies dressed up like aliens. They got a giant wagon full of gifts and stuff, and they got their music blasting, and they're walking down the street dancing. And, uh, of course, Analia runs over there. She starts dancing with them and stuff. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. So I pull out my phone and I go to interview them about what they're doing. And they said, well, the parade's canceled this year, so we're going to do it ourselves. And so they were having their own little mini parade with music and stuff. Analia starts dancing. All the kids get around there get to dancing with them and stuff. And they had this whole little dance party right in the middle of the intersection. And it was pretty wild. It was really cool. They were giving out all these cool little plushy UFOs and stuff like that to all the kids. So it was pretty cool. Um, so after that, uh, they they had a couple events planned. There was a alien UFO costume party um, later at night. We didn't stay for the late night, but that's where they had the rooftop bar party. They call it the the landing party. Um, it's on the rooftop bar of the McMinnis Hotel, and then they had the uh, the UFO ball or whatever it was called, but basically like a big dance party and stuff like that for later at night for the adults. But uh, but we didn't stay for that, obviously, because we had the family with us and stuff. So we, we had to leave around 6, 7 o'clock p.m. But uh, so after that, after the big dance party we had in the middle of the street with all the little aliens and stuff, I went around and I talked to a few people. Uh, one couple I talked to, I actually, I what I did was I did all these interviews with people on the street for YouTube. And so I haven't put it together yet. Um, I will get it put together later on this week, but I have a whole montage of interviews with people that attended the festival, what they thought of it, why they were there, um, had they ever seen UFOs, what was it like to see a UFO, and so I, I did a bunch of interviews with people on the street. Um, I was also actually interviewed for a documentary there that's supposed to come out on YouTube. I'll have to find the name of it, but uh, I went and did one of those little things, and it was it was super cool. Um, one of the couples I actually talked to had been going there since the since the first year of the UFO festival, which I believe started in the 1999 is when the festival actually started. And uh, they had been going there every year. They've never missed a year. They go there every single year. And I was like, whoa, dude, I was like, that is really, really cool. So, of course, I asked them if they seen a UFO and they're like, yeah, yeah, I've, I've seen some stuff before. And and we just always love this. This is our favorite time of the year. I was like, wow, man, that is really, really interesting. But basically, all in all, everybody I talked to believed in UFOs there. Um, everybody was dressed up, costumes. You had xenomorphs from the Alien movie. Um, all kinds of really cool stuff. It was a really happy, positive environment, and I really enjoyed myself. Um, the montage of all the interviews and stuff like that and all the videos from the festival I will have up um, on YouTube, hopefully next week or the week after, and I'll share it around and stuff like that. But uh, but then we went back, we talked to Chobe Johnson, and while we're talking to him, a, a guy comes up to ask him about buying one of the Bigfoot uh, statues that he had carved out, and he starts talking about his military experience, and he says he's a former uh, human tracker, not trafficker, tracker, uh, who was in the service for a bunch of years. Um, I don't have this gentleman's name, but he does have my phone number, and I would like to talk to him at some point in the future 
Um, he said he can easily show all of his credentials and stuff like that to prove he's, you know, telling the truth. But uh, he's very interested in UFOs and Bigfoot. And so we talked to Tobe a little bit about, you know, Bigfoot hunting, things like that. I kind of stepped to the side. Um, but afterwards, uh, Tobe actually gifted me one of these awesome porcelain aliens. I have it up in my desk and stuff right now. Uh, we're going to be moving, so I got a whole setup for everything. But, uh, but I have it set up right now, and it's super cool. He gave it to me for free. And I was like, man, that was really, really cool of him. And so basically, though, later on after we hung out with Tobe, I actually ended up watching Tobe's booth for a little bit uh, while he went to use the bathroom and stuff. He asked me if I could watch his booth. And it made, it honestly is weird. It's going to sound weird, but it made me feel good because I was like, man, I know somebody cool enough out here. And, and mind you, I'm from the East Coast. I'm, you know, Maryland, North Carolina is where I spent most of my life. So I don't know anybody in Oregon. So to be at this random festival even further away from where I've the only place I've ever lived in Oregon and to somebody to recognize me and be like, hey, will you watch my booth, you know, with all my Bigfoot carvings that are pretty expensive um, and really nice work and all this to just leave, you know, the booth and have me watch it for a second. It made me feel good. I was like, man, this is pretty cool. Felt very at home. You know what I mean? And so after that, uh, I watched this booth for him or whatever. And we go back to walking around. Uh, we're watching a costume party, and there's all kinds of crazy costumes. There's people dressed up in full alien suits. You got the men in black who even had a pug. Of course, the xenomorphs, uh, crazy UFO costume, just just really outlandish, weird alien UFO sci-fi costume. So it was really cool. But we're standing there watching it, and I'm kind of standing off to the side because it's like a crowd of like 500 people, and I wasn't trying to be in the mix of 5,000 people. So I was standing back a little bit, just kind of watching, and the guy who was talking to Tobe, the, you know, retired military guy or whatever comes up, and he's actually standing next to me, and I was like, hey, so I was like, you're into, like, Bigfoot hunting and stuff like that? And he's like, he's like, well, kind of. He was like, I, I'm into UFOs. And he goes on to tell me he's, he's currently a private contractor for the Department of Defense. And he goes on to tell me, and this guy looks like it. He looks like a character you'd pick in Call of Duty. That's the only way to explain it. He had the scarf on, the the I'm ready for anything kind of starter pack going on. It was, it was pretty crazy. And uh, he big guy. And he's talking to me. He's like, yeah, man. I said, well, have you ever seen a UFO? And he's like, I have. I said, well, hold on. I said, can I record you while we talk about this? And he said, no. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. And so he gets all close to me like, like he doesn't want the rest of the people to hear and he goes on to tell me about being on a nuclear missile base in, in Washington State. And he talks about these five orbs that went – or, well, this orb that went through five missile silos and what they called igloos is what they called them on the base. And he goes on to say that these five – this light went through all five and uh, all five sensors went off and basically triggered an alarm for all five of them. That doesn't mean they're armed or they're about to shoot off. But it basically shut them down almost in a sense. It triggered the alarms and the lights went off. And so he says the guy who works, I guess, the security desk with the uh, with the, the cameras and stuff like that, that watch all these things. Well, he said he was a Spanish guy. Um, he says, he said, Sarge, 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 you got to see this, you got to see this. And he's over here with his rosary, like, you know, counting the beads on his rosary. And he says, you're not going to believe this, you're not going to believe this. Look. And they watched the video, and he says what looked like ball lightning. He said a blue ball of light or energy went one by one through all five silos, which he called igloos, um, went through all five. And simultaneously, as it went through each one, each one's alarm was triggered. And so I was like, oh, my God, dude. I was like, that's nuts. He was like, yeah, he shows me the hair on his arms. He said it makes my hair stand up still talking about it to this day. He said that's the only thing I've ever seen. 
But uh, I said, well, would you be willing to come on my podcast and, you know, talk about this stuff? He said, uh, he said, I would. He said, let me take your number. He takes my phone number and then he goes off to uh, he, he says he would basically need a, a non-disclosure agreement to be able to talk about this. So I guess I don't know. He's got my phone number. I don't know if I'll ever hear from him again or if maybe I'll see him at the next festival or something. But uh, but when he said that, I was I was like, whoa, I was not expecting to meet somebody, you know, really in depth into this kind of stuff and a, a super surreal experience or of you know ufos and military bases and stuff and we've all heard about military bases nukes and missile silos having to do with ufos and things like that so it kind of caught me off guard i wasn't ready to to hear something that serious while i was there after all the dancing and partying and stuff like that that was going on i wasn't ready to hear all that so i thought it was really interesting after that everything went back to more chill mode uh talked to tobe a few more times and I actually, we went to go buy some caramel apples at one of the stands there, and the lady at the stands, I asked her if I could, you know, ask her a couple questions about the UFO festival on video, you know, kind of like a reporter would, and so I begin to ask her, and, and she trips out. She starts telling me she's seen all kinds of UFOs, and I had the video, so I'll post it on YouTube, like I said, um, but she starts telling me all about these UFOs that she's seen before, and like multiple, not just one time, like she's seen a few UFOs out there. And I was like, whoa, man. I was like, that's cool. So these booths that are set up, even though she's selling caramel apples, she's all about the subject. She's not just there to sell caramel apples. She likes UFOs. And I was like, whoa, dude. I was like, this is crazy. And so I got her phone number. Might have her on for an interview one day. But uh, but it was cool, man. And you'll see all this stuff that I'm talking about, uh, minus the Department of Defense guy. Um, you'll see all the people I talk to on YouTube, on the UFOs over UFO YouTube channel. You'll see all of that stuff uh, here in the next week or two. But it was cool, man. It was uh, one of the coolest things I've done in my lifetime, I would say. And I definitely will be going every single year after this. Hopefully next time, the McMinnon's Hotel was actually booked all the way full. Uh, and what the hotel clerk said me was that you need to basically book the hotel uh, almost a year in advance for that date for the UFO Festival. They said it's that big and people are that serious about it. Um, so it was really cool. I enjoyed it. Next year, I'm going to try to make the conferences and stuff like that to actually hear from the speakers um, this year had a few great speakers there, but, uh, but yeah, so that was my experience at the McMinnville UFO festival, super great environment. Would love to go. I want to check out the Roswell UFO festival one of these years, but for now the, the Oregon festival is, it's really, really cool. And I recommend it to anybody that has the chance to get out there, but, uh, so on. So basically after that, uh, we, we kind of had the only reason I haven't posted all this stuff yet. And I'm going to a little bit of detail here with you guys. Um, I've had a bunch of stuff going on in my personal life. My grandfather, who was basically like my dad, you know, helped raise us since kids, um, had passed away. Uh, natural causes, as peaceful as you could possibly ask for. It, it was super sad and, and heartbreaking that he passed. Um, he was perfectly fine the day before when I seen him. No hospital visit or anything, you know, died in his sleep in his bed. Um, and it, it threw us all off. We were also in the process of moving all while this was all happening. In the, in the past 30 days, we've been trying to move um, and then my grandfather dies. So of course, you know, I, I come over here, stay with my mom for a couple weeks to help her out with it because he had lived with my mom for the last 10 years. So I try to help her out. Uh, my brother lives in the same apartment complex as my mom right now. So we're actually still here at my mom's until we move to our new apartment on the 22nd. So, um, so we're here right now and stuff. This is where I'm recording from. Uh, I don't even have the studio all set up and stuff. I'm actually just recording off a pair of headphones right now. So if the audio quality, audio quality isn't super great, that's why. 
but uh, but it, it's been nice sitting here, you know, where Granddad was every day. Uh, I'd come over here, give him haircuts every month and stuff, and he, he was really kind of like my dad. And so we love Granddad, the Honor Guard. He was a, he was a, a, a military veteran, uh, you know, served for almost ten years in the military. The Honor Guard came into the Honor Guard service for him uh at his funeral and everything so it was it was great seeing all that he got the the most respective peaceful send-off you could possibly have but it, it's just been a little chaotic with everything going on like that but now uh things have settled down since he's passed and stuff and everybody's heads back on their shoulders so we're we're moving along and uh taking things slow but it'll be nice to get everything set back up at the new house to you know start making videos and stuff like that again but uh for now we got these audio podcasts and that's kind of why I haven't posted about the the McMinnville UFO Festival yet or putting any videos up on YouTube in the last month or so. It's just dealing with all this kind of stuff. But this podcast here kind of marks that we're, we're coming back. We're getting back into this. So, And I want to do these audio podcasts every week. It's a little bit easier to sit here and record just audio, like I said before, without doing all the editing. And I can stay more up-to-date, talk about up-to-date topics. I'll have a couple articles put aside about, you know, new UFO news, NASA stuff, you know, Jeff Bezos launching himself out of the atmosphere, all that good stuff. So it should be pretty fun to do. And then, of course, we'll still do the videos on YouTube. We're always going to be doing interviews. My favorite part about doing my podcast and show is interviewing these experiencers and researchers, Jim Penniston, Tom Reed, Tom Conwell, all these great people, uh, you learn so much from them, and it, it really puts your mind in the in the shoes of a UFO investigator, a UFO researcher, a UFO experiencer, and that's my favorite part of doing all this. So, of course, we're going to keep it going forever. We're never going to stop. But uh, so let me go ahead and we're going to jump to a lighter note, something kind of funny. I know that was a little dark for you guys, but uh, something kind of funny. So everybody's been talking about Demi Lovato. Demi Lovato comes out and says, using the word alien for... UFOs and stuff like that, or, or or extraterrestrials as a derogatory term. You know, I, I guess she's referring to when people call, you know, people immigrants that don't come here legally. People call them illegal aliens, things like that. And I guess that's what she's trying to get at is that it, it's racist to call you know aliens aliens, <laughs> but they're aliens. I'm not saying it was aliens, but it's aliens. And so it's pretty funny, but uh. But what can you do? It's Demi Lovato. What do you expect? So she has this new show come out called The Unidentified with Demi Lovato. And a guy I've talked to a few times, uh, he was the lead guy in the Storming Area 51 documentary, Emmett Hayes, him and the UFO bros. They have a podcast together. You've seen him on Travel Channel and stuff. He's actually on the first episode of her show. And that's where I mostly heard about it because he said he was going to be on her show, you know, posted an advertisement and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, this actually looks like it's going to be pretty interesting. Um, I'm excited for when this comes out. So, of course, I, I get a Peacock subscription solely for Demi Lovato and the new Halloween Kills movie. And I'm like, you know what? Let me check out this Demi Lovato first. Halloween was dope. Not going to lie. I enjoyed it. But we're, we're talking about aliens here, not Michael Myers. So, I'm also going to say aliens as much time as possible to piss off like Demi Lovato. But anyways, uh, I go to watch Demi Lovato. And sure enough, it's... It's a it's an experience. So at first, it's Demi Lovato talking about how she saw a UFO one time, and you know that's what made her you know super into the subject and all that. And I'm not against that. I'm like, all right, whatever, that's cool. I mean, I saw a UFO and it made me into UFOs. I'm like, I can relate. I can relate to that. And she she her friends are a little different, but it, it's cool. And so I'm watching it, 
and I see everybody on there. They originally, they want to go out to this desert and meet the UFO bros for a sky watch. And so I'm like, oh, dope. We're actually going to get some sky watch footage and stuff like that. She goes out there, you know, meets Emmett and his brother, and they got their cameras set up, and they actually capture an anomaly. They capture this light that goes squiggling through the sky, and it's, you know, jumping side to side. It was actually pretty interesting. I was like, oh, I was like, oh shit, that's pretty cool. So I'm like, what are we going to do next? What's going on next? And I, I'm thinking, are we going to do more sky watches? Are we going to look at evidence? Are we going to break down evidence? No. It just goes back to Demi Lovato talking about stuff. And I'm like, well, I don't want to hear a soap opera. I want to, you know, learn some stuff about UFOs, watching researchers. They only had the UFO bros on there for five minutes, enough to capture a UFO real quick and disappear. And I was like, hold on, this is messed up. And they turn around and they they go talk to a an abductee. And I forget the woman's name, but they're talking to this supposed abductee. And Demi Lovato starts saying, well, I had this dream once. And I thought I was astral projecting. Now I think I was abducted. And I'm like, wait, what? How did you go from I saw a UFO to I had a dream where I think I was astral projecting to I think I was abducted? Uh, it's a pretty big leap there. And, you know, any of us here, I can't say what it's like to be abducted by aliens. I've never been abducted. But I've talked to a few people who said they might have been abducted. And it is a pretty strange occurrence. I don't think it's something very common that happens. But the way she puts it out there, you would know if, if something happened to you. All the all the most famous UFO abductees, you know, of course they say they experience missing time. Uh, Tom Reed, Benny and Barney Hill, all these, you know, possible abductions, they they know something happened to them. They didn't have a dream one day and then wake up from a bad dream and go, you know what, fuck, I got abducted by aliens. That's not how it went. They had an actual physical encounter with something. A, a something came to them and in real time came to them and abducted them. It wasn't a, I had a bad dream one day and 10 months later decided I think I was abducted in my dream. And I did not like how she presented that. I felt it was very fake. Um, I felt like she was me tooing to the guests on the show um, and basically, you know, trying to put herself out there as, you know, a uh, an experiencer of of being abducted or something like that so i wasn't a fan of it and so i thought it was cool seeing the ufo bros actually capture some evidence so i'm like all right whatever i was like i'm gonna check out a couple more episodes i want to say there's only four episodes on there right now anyways but i want to check out a couple episodes so i jumped to the second episode and they're at vulture city in arizona and they're doing a ghost hunt i shit you not demi lovato turns around and sings one of her new singles to the ghost not even a fucking joke dead ass just starts singing to the ghost some new song off uh, she has it promoted all over her page and stuff like that some new album she's coming out with or something probably called aliens are offensive but uh she she turns around and she starts singing to these aliens or stays singing to these spirits and then some weird ass noise happens right after and she's like oh my god oh my god the spirits love my music and I was like, oh, my God. I was like, this is watching uh, this is watching the E.T. episode of Kim Kardashian. I was like, this is horrible. And so I, I skip past that episode. I'm like, I'm not going to watch this. I get to the third episode, and they're meeting with the, the pilot who recorded the Nimitz UFO encounter, which is one of the most famous Nimitz, famous UFO encounters to date. And they're watch, they're, they watch the video of it. And he's sitting there talking to him about ridicule and how he you know, was ridiculed and said they, he didn't see – they all said he didn't really see anything, blah, 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 blah. 
And so after that, they talk to him, get his story. They go to the same, you know, roundabout area, this island, uh, St. Clair or something like that, uh, around where the Nimitz was filmed. And while they're out there, they meet this woman who is a professional sky watcher. And she's got a camera out, a little infrared camera. And they're sky watching. Demi Lovato jumps to her, you know, C5 stuff. I won't talk bad on Dr. Greer because I know a lot of people like him, but I am not into the whole belief of meditating to talk to aliens. It's not my style. I, I, I'm not knocking anybody who does it. Whatever, you know, floats your boat to try to see these things, I'm not against it. I can't say it's fake. I can't say it's real. It's whatever. But anyways, she, she jumps out and she's like, well, hey, can we all meditate before we see this thing? So she meditates for about two minutes. And basically, they meditate for a second. Then she, you know, they all open their eyes and they look up in the sky and they're like, oh, well, I guess it didn't work. We didn't see anything. So the professional skywatcher lady goes, well, let's check the cameras and see if we caught anything on the cameras. And I'm like, well, why would you have caught anything on the cameras if you were looking at the sky the whole time? You would have known you saw something. So anyways, they go and check the cameras. And lo and behold, the lady starts saying, we got something. And I'm like, oh, shit. What'd they get? And I go to look at the video. And sure enough, it's the, the camera is pointed out towards the ocean. So you got the ocean, you got the sky. There's only two things. There's sky, there's ocean. And as they're, as you're watching it, the fucking... A bird, a seagull, a white seagull, clear as day, comes off the side. It's probably about maybe 10, 15 feet above the water, and it flaps its little wings right across the screen, and they all start screaming, it's a UFO. I said, get the fuck out of here. I am not, this, this, is, this can't be happening right now. I was trying to uphold some respect for the show and be like, okay, well, they caught one anomaly earlier with you know the UFO bros. That seemed pretty legitimate, and now we have this. And it's, it's legitimately, it's a fucking seagull. And it goes flapping its wings across the screen all of, you know, 10 seconds. Not super fast. Not doing loop-de-loops. Doesn't have light emitting from it. It has two wings and white feathers. And it flaps its little way right across the screen. Right above the water. And they start comparing it to the Nimitz. The very first thing the lady says, well, it can't be a bird. I'm like, well, that's what the fuck it is. How are you going to say it can't be a bird when it's literally a bird? And so I was a little butthurt. I was like, man, that made me mad. So I, you know, I talked a bunch of crap on Facebook about it. And I was like, this is the worst show ever. But not only that, so anyways, back to Demi Lovato saying she thought she was abducted. And I don't know if there's going to be some crazy article that comes out where she actually says, oh my God, I've been abducted by aliens. I wouldn't be surprised. But anyway, she comes out and she says uh, she wants to do hypnotherapy. She goes to a hypnotherapist. And I shit you not, this hypnotherapist asked her three questions she said something think about the pages of a calendar flying be careful you guys because i might put you to sleep here because this is all it took to put her to sleep for hypnotherapy she said flip through the pages of a calendar act like you're flipping through the pages of the calendar they're flying away you're watching the clock tick away boom demi lovato's asleep i'm like what the fuck it takes me uh, 18 fans two air conditioners a tv and a pillow wrapped around my face to fall asleep at night and it still takes 30 minutes this woman just said three sentences to you, and you're knocked unconscious. So she's asleep, and the the lady goes, oh, what did you see last night? And she says, or not last night, what did you see that night, whatever date, blah, 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 blah. She starts saying, I saw the beings. And I'm like, oh, you saw beings. She goes, three beings. I saw three beings. And at this point, I'm like, oh, my God. So basically, she tries to say these aliens visit her in her, in her house. 
And all of a sudden, the lady tells her to wake up, and Demi Lovato just, and just shockingly wakes up real quick with her eyes wide open. And I'm like, this is the most dramatized fake bullshit I've ever watched in my life. Like, I've seen some pretty wild hypnotherapy regression videos that look pretty intense and convincing. Um, I've never done hypnotherapy, so like I said, it's not something I can 1,000% comment on. But I can tell you from natural human anything, three sentences aren't putting you to sleep. I, it's not happening for you. So I, it was total bullshit. I don't care what anybody says. It was total bullshit. And so that's that's so far that's the summary I have of the show. I thought it was mostly fake. Um, a couple of the guests on there, of course, the Nimitz pilot, the UFO bros, repeer, appeared in respectable manners um, and seemed very authentic while Demi Lovato shitted on all of them and was very inauthentic. So that's my take on our show. I don't know if they're going to have more episodes. Of course, I'll watch it because – you just have to. You got to watch it just to get the cringe out. You got to watch it. Um, so that's on Peacock. So we watched that. It was uh, it was not the greatest. But uh, but that's my take on it. I have some other friends, of course, that will come on and, and talk some crap and everything like that. I have a few other friends that watched it. Um, I do a lot of gaming and stuff like that on Xbox. And a bunch of my friends, when I actually come on this podcast, the audio-only one that we're doing today that's just kind of fun talking about stuff, I have a bunch of people wanting to come on. Uh, and talk about aliens and UFOs, and these are your everyday people. They're not uh, UFO researchers, investigators, enthusiasts. These are people that I literally play Call of Duty with. They're good friends of mine. They're all cool people, but uh, but they want to take opportunity to jump on to talk about some conspiracies, some aliens, and some UFOs. So here in the future, you're going to see some of them. Uh, of course, we'll have some more serious guests, some some researchers, authors, experiencers, things like that, as always, uh, on the YouTube channel as well. Uh, we love doing the video interviews and things like that. Uh, we talked to Travis Walton a couple weeks back about a, a possible interview with him, and we scheduled it, but uh, Travis ended up flaking on me. So I believe he said something about his lighting was bad. I, I think he just didn't want to do the, the interview on video and just do it on audio, which is understandable. He's an older guy. I don't expect him to have a green screen and a studio set up and you know on a night's notice or whatever. But hopefully we can get him on here for an interview, just audio, you know, over the phone. Uh, him and Mike Heston Rogers have a lot of stuff going on between the two. Mike seems to be denouncing uh, Travis's story and saying he didn't see him get abducted. He saw the beam of light, but he didn't see him get abducted. Uh, there is some monetary issues going on between the two, it seems, or at least between Mike from, you know, what I've seen on Facebook and stuff like that between their posts. Um, so we're going to have an episode about that coming up. Uh, hopefully we can get a statement from both of them about it. So uh, stay tuned, guys. This is just the beginning. This is something kind of fun to do. Um, like I said, this this audio-only podcast, this is going to be for the audience. It's not uh, – this isn't investigative. This isn't research-oriented. These are fun podcasts and opinionated podcasts. So it's going to be pretty fun. If you want to see something serious and you want to get some information, go to the YouTube channel where we've done interviews on a serious note with, you know, researchers and things like that. But on on this version of the show, we're just talking. So uh, I appreciate you guys tuning in. This is kind of a shorter episode. Uh, in the future, you may see them all the way up to an hour. But uh, this is just something to get started. Uh, once we get to the new apartment and get everything set up, get the studio room set up, the green screen, we will be back in action. You might even see some live streams on Facebook, some sky watching, and all that good stuff. So... You guys stay weird. Keep watching the skies. 
feel free to contact us on Facebook at The Theory with Mike Beavers. Um, anywhere. Contact us on YouTube. Drop a comment. Go subscribe to the channel. Make sure you check out our sponsors at CreepyTikiTee.com or The Graveyard Goons on YouTube or the Creepy Tiki Ethnobotanical Group on Facebook or the UFOs Over UFO Group on Facebook. So make sure you guys go check us out, and I will see you guys next week. Peace. All right, everybody, welcome to another very special episode. Today we're doing something a bit different. We're not talking UFOs, we're talking NFTs. And while they both may be three-letter abbreviations, they are two totally different things. NFTs are, are popular among the, the crypto space and are attached to the blockchain as a digital asset, and they are blowing up right now. Everybody is starting to get involved. Everybody is paying attention. So uh, I became part of this Discord server for the Astro Apes and reached out to them for an interview to kind of give some of you guys in the UFO communities and just the general public alone some information on these and why you should be interested in them. So as always, today's episode is brought to you by CreepyTikiTee.com and the Graveyard Goons. CreepyTikiTee also just got into the NFT space releasing the Creepy Creatures NFT collection, so you guys can go check them out. But, uh, but today we're talking with the Astro Apes team, and they have a great community, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of members, all active, all very helpful. Most of what I've learned so far has came from them. So uh, we, we put this interview together with some of the team to kind of give you guys some information. So let's go ahead and get into this.